45. Otherwise, we'll have the, the verses up on the screen in a minute as well. But if you've spent any amount of time in the book of Psalms, you've probably discovered that it's primarily a book of prayers. Prayers that often include praise, but there is most of the praise concentrated at the end of the book in the last six chapters. In fact, the word praise it shows up 46 times in those six chapters. And so we're going to see uh, what Psalm 145 has to say this morning as it's the first of those last six books, or excuse me, the last six chapters. But when the Old Testament authors wrote about praise, they used three different Hebrew words. They would be translated in our English as bless, hallelujah, meaning praise the Lord, and give thanks. And of course, we know that God gives us plenty of reason. Like our song saying, or it was this morning, 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. There's so many reasons to praise God, to bless him, to thank him. And when one considers all that, that God is and, and all that he's done, it should be a natural outpouring out of our, our heart, out of our spirit to praise him. It should just be natural. So hence the title for today's message being, How Can I Keep From Singing? Because so often our praise to him is through song. How can I keep from singing? When I know all that God has done, how can I keep from singing? Because praise should be that natural outflowing from a regenerated heart. So before we read the word this morning, let's just take a moment and pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the encouragement, for the training, for the correction, for the encouragement that comes in your word to us. And so, Lord, as we spend time in your word this morning, we pray that you would just help us to apply it to our hearts, that we would leave changed, Lord, through the power of your word. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Psalm 145 has a title. It's simply a psalm of praise to David. And so David starts out the psalm with, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. You know, how easily can it be that we get distracted from praising God with, with our day and we start to neglect that? We can also fall into going through the emotions or, or going through the motions and not having our emotions be involved, not really putting our heart into it. And I've been praying um, as I've been preparing this message that, that we would all leave here today with a renewed understanding of the glorious privilege it is to praise our God. That's what I want us to take away from the message today. That his word would invigorate us to praise him every day and forever. Why? Well, the psalmist gives us the answer in, chapter, or in verse 3. When he says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. He's most worthy of our praise. And his greatness is worth telling about. And that's what the psalmist then moves into. He talks about the characteristics of God, but he interjects it with a lot of, I'm going to tell, I'm going to share. So picking it up with verse 4, he says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic 
glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. So you can see this great list that the psalmist is giving us on the Lord's characteristics. His greatness, his unsearchableness, that his mighty acts are all through the generations. He's full of majestic, glorious splendor. He does wonderful miracles and awe-inspiring deeds. He is good and righteous. He's merciful, compassionate, patient, and loving. He's a ruler over a glorious, everlasting kingdom. And of course he says, all generations are going to tell this. All generations are going to share how amazing God is. Of course, there's more to God's characteristics. The psalmist continues in verse 14, The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. Have you ever felt like you've been in the shoes of the psalmist? Feeling like the burdens of life were too heavy to carry? I know I've certainly had seasons in my life like that. And and maybe for you, your load came in the, the form of an unexpected illness or a, an injury. It might have been something you sustained. It might have been a loved one of yours. Maybe it was a strained relationship and that no matter what you did or, or didn't do, there just didn't seem to be any reconciliation on the horizon. Or maybe it was a job responsibility where it was just a really difficult season. Or maybe a financially straining situation and you just felt the weight and the burden of your financial situation. Many things in life can have us feeling like we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. And the Lord helps the fallen and he lifts up those bent beneath their loads. So if you're in a current season right now where that's where you're at, you're feeling like you're bent beneath the load of whatever that might be in your life, I want to encourage you to come forward after prayer today. Have the prayer team pray with you. Join together in lifting that up to to God. You know, God doesn't always remove the burden that we're carrying, but he lifts us up and he bears the load. So I encourage you to do that. You don't have to bear your burden alone. The psalmist continues with verse 15 in that the eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. Now here's an eye-opener for some. Because it's easy in our affluent, in our fertile country to think that if we're gardeners, we're producing our food. It's, it's, it's us doing this thing. 
Well, the reality is that God supplies all that we need, whether it be the rain, whether it be the sunshine, whether it be the ability to garden, the know-how of what to do, the physical ability to do it. God's the one who gives us all of that, the skills that are involved. He's the one that supplies that. So the ultimate source is still God in it. And you're thinking, well, I buy my food. Well, yeah, you probably do. Where do the resources come from? Come from your job or your retirement. Who gave you the resources? You might say, well, I earned them. Well, yeah, maybe you did, and that's true, but God gave you the skills in order to have the job, and he gave you the job as well, and so all of that comes down to God still supplies even the finances in order to get our food. I think that that's really good reason to praise God and to thank him as we sit down to a meal. Verse 16 says of God, When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. Praise the Lord. Because he's not just talking about food here. The satisfying supply includes our spiritual hunger and thirst as well. The psalmist continues to list characteristics of God in verse 17. He says, The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. What a blessing it is to know that the Lord is close to us, that he's hearing us when we call out to him and help, that he protects us, that he grants us the desires of our reverent heart. What a marvelous God and King he is. The contemplation on the characteristics of God leaves the psalmist concluding his prayer of praise with this proclamation and prayer. He writes, I will praise the Lord, and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. You see, when we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, we desire the same experience for everyone else. And that's why every voice would be lifted high to bless his holy name. Now, how can we share God's goodness Of course, we can share it in conversation. We can share our testimony. We can share all all the wonderful things that God has done and supplied just as the psalmist did. But we can also worship him as well. The writers of the Old Testament had limited revelation. We know that. We have further revelation of what God has done, which is given to us throughout the, the New Testament. We don't just know that God is going to provide a Savior. We know that he has. We know that he has sent his son, Jesus Christ. And through Jesus' humble obedience to do the will of the Father, enduring the cross, bearing the weight of all of humanity's sin, ours, mine, everyone's sin, because we were dead in our trespasses, Against God, our sin had brought spiritual death, that separation from our Heavenly Father. All of that happened, but Jesus Christ, of course, 
endured the cross and defeated death so that we might live. We know all of that. So how much more should we be praising God? We have further revelation than the Old Testament writers had. Of course, those of us who have received him as our Savior, who have been forgiven of our debt, we call him Lord, our sins removed as far as the east is from the west, our spirits have been reborn, we have new life, the old is gone, the new has come, we are redeemed. And just as the psalmist wrote that his faithful followers would praise the Lord and tell of his mighty deeds and about his majesty and glory of his reign, so should we. So should we. Because every spiritual blessing from God is ours in Christ Jesus. Every single one. Everything that we have has been given by his hand. God's heart is that none should perish. Scripture tells us that that he desires that all would come to repentance. He wants everyone to receive forgiveness and have new life in Christ. And so if you're here today and you have not yet made that decision, I believe that it's no mistake that you're here. The question is, is will you say yes to Christ and receive eternal life? God's word says that God is near to those who will call out to him. You can do that today. The Bible said God showed his love for us while we were still yet sinners. Christ died for us. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Having that restored relationship with God is available through Jesus Christ. Don't wait to join in in the chorus of praise to God. Scripture says today is the day of salvation because none of us know if we have tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. The Apostle Paul wrote under the direction of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, these truths. He said, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Those are some awesome truths. How can we keep from singing his praises? the glorious grace that we've experienced, how can we keep from singing? This whole message on praise started rattling around in my mind about two weeks ago. and I started to ask a number of questions when I felt God stirring this in my heart. And I wondered, do the people really know why we sing songs when we gather on a Sunday morning? 
Do they really know? Have we effectively communicated the purpose of song time? Is it something that they just come and and do because it's what we do? Have we encouraged people to really enter in and praise God, not just sing songs? And so this morning, we felt led to change up the service a bit and put into practice what God says to us through the Apostle in Colossians 3.16. It says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. We sing praise to God. Yes, there's a myriad of other ways that we can praise God. But do we sing to bless? Do we sing to praise? Do we sing to say thank you to God for all that he is and all that he has done? And so the question this morning is, is what are you thankful for? The beauty of creation around us, your family, his ever-loving kindness, salvation through Christ, simply life. What is it that you have that you want to praise God for this morning? Your health, the help you experienced from him, protection. Or maybe you're here and you have a need and and you want to just praise God in advance for the answer that you're anticipating. Maybe it's a healing that you're needing. Maybe it's provision. Maybe a relationship that needs to be healed. You want to praise God in advance as he intercedes on your behalf. See, we just want to praise God for who he is as well. When we consider his faithfulness, his righteousness, his patience, his love, his mercy, his grace, his compassion, his goodness, his gentleness, how can we keep from singing? God's done so much. He's given us everything. How can we keep from singing his praise? How could we ever thank him enough? See, I don't want any of us to grow lukewarm. But I want to encourage all of us to praise God every day, forever and ever. Amen. So before we move into our time of praise, I just gently ask this. Is is there anything at all in your heart and in your life that would maybe hinder you from being able to praise God? Maybe it's some unconfessed sin. and No, we're not going to have confession time. You can do that on your own with God. That's how close God is to you. You don't have to come to a priest. You don't have to come to me to confess any sin. You can simply in your heart and in your spirit confess that before God. Or maybe it's unforgiveness. Ask God to help you to forgive so that you can worship him with all that you are. God's faithful. 
And so if you're sensing there's something that might be hindering you this morning, just take a few moments as we praise God to to just get your heart right with him and confess those sins or unforgiveness. He's faithful and just to forgive us when we come to him with those sincere hearts. Then we can enter into praise unhindered. The writer in Psalm 147.1 says, Praise the Lord. How good to sing praises to our God. How delightful and how fitting. So in response, may we all join together in worship and praise with a renewed understanding of the glorious privilege that it is that we have to be able to praise God. Will you stand with me this morning and just lift your hearts and voices in praise?